Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. McAfee. I'm going to find McAfee and I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to destroy everything about it on my computer. Perfect. Because it is paralyzing this piece of crap Walmart computer, and it sucks. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> How are you? I am good. I'm uh, tired, exhausted. Um, oh, that sucks, because we're going to have to do like a quadruple episode tonight. A quadruple episode? I don't know. <laughs> we'll be able to... I, the Cuckoo's Nest had their, had their audition. Yeah. Uh, and and it, I assume it went well for you. Uh, it went well for me, I guess, but there wasn't a whole lot of competition. <laughs> well, that's, that's that's to be expected, unfortunately. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people don't want to be involved with it because of the director. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear, too. But uh, Elena decided that she was going to try. I never dreamt in a thousand years after her last experience with, with this particular director that she would work with her again but she tried out and she kicked ass and she got the part of nurse ratchet which is awesome so i, I talked to elena uh for the first time in several months uh just yeah. to wish her a happy birthday yeah. and she told me that too i was like well if it can't be me it, it's <laughs> that's my dream role is to play a, a bizarre sadistic effeminate male nurse ratchet yeah um, well i'll tell you what there's darth vader and there's nurse ratchet so that's the right. list of all time ultimate badasses, like that's the role to have, man. That's good. I, I agree. And, and so I think Elena's gonna I think Elena's gonna do a really good job. I really she, do. She really killed the uh the audition too. I mean good. our friend our friend Aaron, I begged Aaron to come out and mm. do it because Aaron I, I think the world of Aaron, I think she's a great oh, sure. actress and she's she's got a lot of range. She's young and innocent looking and pretty and everything that nurse ratchet isn't but should be right. to make her even worse. Mm-hmm. And I uh, begged, I, again, I never thought Elena would even try out, but uh, I begged Aaron to come down. I convinced her to come down. She finally came down and then Elena showed up and smoked her. <laughs> oh no. Well, good. You know, the best person should be getting the role, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the way. I mean, Aaron, Aaron was cool about it too, but like Elena was just there and he was prepared. Like I'm sure Aaron could have been trained or directed into doing it. Um, very very well but sure. elena showed up already having like you wouldn't you don't, you don't have to tell her anything she knows exactly how, she read the character perfectly right and she was she was really good and that's not to diminish Aaron. that's just to say elena really crushed it so oh sure absolutely absolutely that's awesome i'm glad yeah, yeah i was really when elena and i talked about it for a little while i was like you're gonna you're gonna be great you're gonna you're gonna kick ass and she yeah. sent me she sent me the dates um and i'm trying to we'll see like i'd like to come and see it yeah. um i know we're gonna miss kerwinsville's high school musical um they're doing willy wonka and i know i'm gonna miss it even though some of the kids from the church are in it and they're they right. they have said they'd like me to see it and there's i don't think i just don't think it's gonna happen but yeah i, I would like to try to come up and see uh cuckoo's nest uh, yeah. to, uh or at least to come up it, during a rehearsal to bother everybody during <laughs> that would be fun and bother yeah. Gabe, and bother the director who shall not be named 
Um, <laughs> she's very uh, artistically fluent and she's very creative and she's got an amazing ability to pull things out of her ass that it's shocking sometimes what she's able to accomplish. But she also doesn't have a logistical bone in her body. So she never, she never thinks about how she's going to do anything. She just comes up with these grand ideas and expects them to, to like materialize out of thin air. And then whenever things don't go exactly how she wanted them, she like gets crabby and she doesn't deal with, she doesn't know how to talk to people. Well, she thinks like everybody's on her level as far as, uh, dedication to theater and like like she thinks that you should eat sleep and breathe theater and it's like well we have jobs we have families we have things we have to do and and she doesn't have her she's an empty nester and like she doesn't have much else that is her life and she expects everybody else to have that too and i think it really turns a lot of people off because she can be kind of abrasive at times but i've grown to to learn i've i've had my battles with her but like I've grown to love and respect her, sure. but I can understand how other people don't feel that way. It takes a while. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I've worked with her too. I, I uh, can wrap my brain around it. And so I, I think that she's, uh, you know, I think that she's fine. <laughs> yeah. She's not listening to this. So it works out, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that she's, I think she's fine. I'm a little butt hurt about the last show I did with her still. Yeah, uh, but that's just so is because pretty much everyone. So is everybody. I just <laughs> described everybody. I'm just a little yeah. butter. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that. Well, uh, I feel I feel out. kind of advantageous in that in that area because, like you're talking about, you have your little butt hurt. Amanda was a little butt hurt last time she worked with her. I know Elena was. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never worked with her in terms of having to be directed by her. So, sure. like, but I've also worked alongside her in just so. She's helped me immensely in all the projects that I've done, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and I think through our battles over the years and there's been some battles, um, we've kind of gained a mutual respect. Yeah, She, she has a she has a lot of respect for my uncle, whose personality is very similar to mine. And he's the reason he's the reason why I wanted to do this play so bad. I saw him when I was 12 years old when he played the same role that I'm going to be playing and she was directing it then. Uh, so it's kind of a weird 30 years later you know, yeah, yeah. reprisal of what happened before. But like Gail has a certain uh, respect for Sean that he gets away with a lot more than most people do with her. And she she'll stop and listen to him. And over the years, I've started to develop that sort of same relationship with her where I can get away with a lot more than someone else could. And she also will, will stop and listen to me. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm hoping that I can kind of be the, the moderator between her and the rest of the, the cast. Because my casts, I mean, at least what they've told me to my face, have all liked me. And yeah. people, people want to work with me because of the way I handle them. And uh, I think I can soften Gail up a bit. yeah i think you can too i think it'll be fine i think that'll be okay um and frankly you know if i may like for all the things that i maybe struggle with gail over gail is dependable and reliable in a way that not everybody is at that theater yeah she sure is and so there's a sense in which the show and cuckoo's nest is gonna 
be solid and it's going to be done, you know, in a way, even if, even if the process might frustrate folks, like the end, the end result is going to be exactly what it needs to be. Right. You know, and, and, and it's a good investment, you know, if you will, of people's right. time and, and their money and resources. So I think, I think that's going to be good. I'm just sorry. I can't be in it. I'd love to be in it. Yeah. It's I, kind of a bummer. You can't be in it, but yeah, I, I know, but I, I really would. It's like I, a five hour that. commute. So that's all. Kind of makes it tough. Kind of makes it tough. Um, one day, one day, someday, we will be in a show together. We'll probably yes. be Statler and Waldorf in a live action Muppets, because <laughs> we'll be old as shit. But you know, it'll be something like that. Well, you know what I got? I, we got on the uh, the docket for next year. We got the Woman in Black on the docket for next year oh, for Halloween. There you and go. And that's a show that I've wanted to do for a long time, and it's just two men. So. You know, maybe you can take off October and come up <laughs> for Halloween. Let me think about that. If it's just two men, I mean, eh, we'll see. We'll see what I can do. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm out of coursework. It'll be all comps and uh, maybe yeah. TAing and this teaching gig at JMU. Uh, and so, if I, if it's just two men and we can do a lot of it, uh, if we can just, I'll just learn the lines and just run up. Why not? Ooh. We'll zoom it and we'll we'll record it and we'll put it on hookah chats. That's right. <laughs> <Our> <laughs> rehearsals. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, no, I'd love to do stuff like that. I, I don't mind that at all. But uh, I know that you wanted to tackle forgiveness at some right. point, right? And I don't think we're going to do that in twenty minutes. <laughs> Not even in twenty minutes. But there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot. We got a lot of things. First of all, we missed last because everybody was busy. That's true. Um, you know, we're Russia invaded Ukraine, Russia which is kind of Ukraine. a big deal. Yep. <laughs> you know? uh, we've got. I wanted to talk about the forgiveness thing and kind of gives a little bit of insight into the world of immigration customs enforcement, which I've learned quite a bit about in the last couple of weeks. Um, so. One kind of leads into the other. I, I texted you, what was it, about a week or maybe two weeks ago about this idea of doing the forgiveness episode yeah. because of a conversation that, that happened at work that kind of sparked, it, 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 it sparked something in me and it kind of made me want to rant for a little while. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and, I, and I wanted to get a pastor's perspective on forgiveness, <laughs> but <laughs> because I just don't think, I don't think that, um, we in society as a whole really understand what that what that entails i think there's a misnomer or a misconception around forgiveness where people believe that um that's a commandment and it's something that should be done but they don't really know how to do it they don't really know what it means um and and i think that it creates a lot of problems and what i mean by that is it seems like especially in the world that I've entered firsthand, a lot of people are not willing to not forget, but um, move on from some of the uh, bad things that our clientele have done. Right. Yeah. Um, and one of the chief responsibilities that I have is to help these guys through their court system and help them, you know, give them all the opportunity that the law and the, and the system provide. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it gets 
stymied by people that are holding grudges against people that they don't even know. Um, now, when I when I talk about forgiveness with somebody like my my father who's born again, he says, "Well, you know, you just have to forgive people, and that's what Jesus tells us to do." And he's one of the most um, judgmental guys I've ever met. So, um, I think people think that forgiveness means like forget forgetting like what they did mm -hmm. or somehow excusing what someone did and people aren't ready to do that. And I don't think that's really what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is really more about, uh, you yourself, the person that is doing the forgiving, because what it means is to me, what it means is I have accepted what you have done. Um, and I will continue on with my life without letting that pain or anger or what resentment affect the rest of my life. Sure. Right. And I, I don't forget what you did. I don't condone what you did, but I am not going to um, continue to pursue uh, vengeance. I'm not going to seek your atonement anymore. I think that's what people mistake a lot because they think that forgiveness requires some sort of atonement to them and uh sure. that's that's not really what it's about so why don't you give me a little bit of a brief synopsis on your opinion of forgiveness and <laughs> we'll right. go from there i i there, there's actually a number of different um in the christian tradition there's there's a a, a couple of different perspectives that you could pull from um and, and I'd be willing to talk about however many you want. But like for me, I'll speak for myself. I, forgiveness is always meant forgiveness. I don't think forgiveness is a good on its own. Um, I actually don't think Jesus would say it is either. I, I think that forgiveness is always meant to be that which sort of brings about um, uh, the, the, the end of cycles of sin or cycles of violence against people. It's supposed to be a humanizing thing. You know, one can one is called to forgive, perhaps as a Christian, one is called to forgive in, in order to neutralize um, if there's a, if there's like a like a, a an ethical um, function of it. I, th I would say it, uh, Christians are called to forgive in order to neutralize um, cycles of evil and cycles of sin and cycles of violence to other people. And so. Um, Jesus' commandment of forgiveness comes about in this context in which there's really no such thing as a Christian who has power. Not really. Right. You know, Christians, Christians certainly had, they, they were, they were converts to Christianity that had money. Uh, that was true. But, but when you became a Christian, you, you weren't allowed to hold political office for the first 250 years of, of the Christian faith. You know, like you weren't, you, you didn't really have there wasn't there wasn't sort of cultural capital in the same way that we would imagine it now and so like the call for christian forgiveness is really rooted in this um you, you know in this notion that there are people that that are not only people but the law you know as the, as it was understood um that that are going to basically push against you because of this and the response you know is meant to be a neutralizing response christians are called to forgive precisely so that more persecution doesn't continue and that and that precisely be, so that the the uh, abusers humanity if you will um is uh, respected or is given an opportunity to not have to 
continue to perpetuate it. Now, that's not for everybody. And I think that when we arrive into our day and age, like forgiveness is, oh gosh, like you have examples of Christians who do really terrible things to other people, you know, then coming back and saying, well, you have, you're, you're supposed to forgive, you know, like, like, like there's a lot of forgiveness as a, a kind of a shield and, and that's not really its, its role. Um, but I don't think that for, for me, I, I think that what I encounter among Christians is, is either a rush towards forgiveness. Um, and so uh, uh, what is the, the defense, the evangelical defense of Donald Trump back, back when he was running, when he was campaigning, was as Christians, we are called to forgive people, even when they do terrible things. And so Donald Trump has a ton of wives and says horrific things and does horrific things. And all the evangelical leaders are like, ah, but you see, the most the correct response would be to forgive Donald and then everything will be fine. Notice nobody's saying anything like forgive abortion doctors, you know, like nobody's <laughs> saying that, right. you know, it, it's 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 sort of this this rush towards forgiveness, sort of end conflict end prize for justice and um, real like reconciliation or repentance and stuff like that. Well, that's not really the point. The point of forgiveness is to offer up humanity. A better teacher of forgiveness would be Martin Luther King Jr. Who, who understands like the role, uh, what is the goal? The goal is the flourishing of humanity and the reconciliation of society. Black people do not need to offer forgiveness <laughs> until the law is changed. You know, when the right. law is changed, and behavior changes, well, then maybe we can talk about forgiveness. But until that time, like forgiveness would not forgiveness in that context would not bring about the promotion of justice, the transformation of human beings, repentance, all of those things. That's just that stuff wouldn't happen. Um, right. I imagine with your dad, I wasn't there, but I imagine with your dad, your dad employs forgiveness in a similar way that these evangelical leaders in Trump employ forgiveness. Um, that it's that it's this sort of catch-all, this haha. You know, they use it. They use it as a get-out-of-jail-free card right. when it's convenient, for, right? And yeah. I think you've really touched on something important there when, when you were talking about like this rush to forgive. Forgiveness really is like psychologically speaking, I mean, not speaking in in terms of religion or you know trying to interpret the teachings of Jesus or anything like that, but just strictly psychologically speaking, forgiveness is a process that yeah. takes sometimes years and it's, you know, it, and it's wrapped in there with anger and grief and like they're the all it's a coping thing, psychologically speaking. And I think the rush to forgive is what gives uh, the, the, the term forgiveness, such a, a, a kind of a bad connotation to begin with, because whenever it's utilized to excuse bad behavior, like whenever we're just told to forgive Donald Trump for whatever he did, or we're just told to forgive a murderer for what he did, it, it kind of kind of goes against our more basic uh, need for for justice, for vengeance, yeah, or for for fairness, for, you know, and it's it's interesting that that's only employed um, on certain select uh, topics whenever it's convenient. But I, I think that's part of the reason why it's so hard for people that work like in a situation like I do to understand that, like, 
like I had a guy ask me, like I had one of these uh, immigration officials ask me, like, how can you talk to these guys and be so nice to them when you know what they did? And I looked at him and I said, because that's my job. You know, it, it, it's it's my job to it's not my job to punish them further. Like, th that's that's not why I'm here. And if and if that's your take on it, perhaps you're in the wrong line of work because you're not able to to do the job the way you're supposed to do. But I look at it deeper than that, because by me not I, I grant every human being a certain level of forgiveness. Right mm -hmm. now. And I, now that's based upon, you know, how they interact with me, too. Right. Yeah. If somebody were to do some of the things that they've done to my daughter, there would not be forgiveness right? sure, sure. Or, there, or there might not be forgiveness for a very, very long time on my part. Mm -hmm. Right. But but what am I supposed to do? Like, why? Why am I supposed to dwell in someone else's pain or dwell in someone else's, you know, they 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 we have. I'm I'm a system guy, right? And that's not to mean that uh, that I necessarily like laws, but I I hate being told what to do by individuals. I hate being told what to do uh, by people in authority that I don't necessarily have respect for. And that's why I think laws and and the system is important because it can kind of. It's it's a, a system is a mutually agreed upon sort of set of rules, right? That we all follow. And I'm a system guy. Now that doesn't mean the system's always right. It just means that there is something in place that we're all supposed to be playing by the same rules. And if somebody comes into the facility where I work now, they've already gone through the system. They've already gone through the justice system. They've already been. They've already done what they're supposed to do. They are following the system. And now it is my role at the end of that system to help them transition out of it and transition back into society. It doesn't matter what they did. It doesn't matter because if, if they were still supposed to be in jail, according to the system, they would still be in jail. Sure. Right. According yeah. to the judgment, according to the laws of the land, according to the way things are made, like, the, the system would not allow them to be where they are now had they not done this other stuff. And I'm comforted by that. And I, I want to play by those rules because I feel like if we don't, then what we have is anarchy and subjective judgment. And that's not right. a good place to be. Right. So how do I, how do I deal with these people? How do I, how do I, treat them with respect and dignity it's not that i say oh it's okay that you raped a child that's <laughs> that's not <laughs> it at all and I, I will never condone it forgiveness isn't necessarily condoning what a person not forgetting what a person did it's being able to not dwell on what that person did to do what you need to do in the future to move forward right mm -hmm. there's no there's no there's nowhere to go if you just sit in that space, like you were saying about how it's about breaking a cycle of evil. Right. If you if you don't if you don't move past that, then you never break that cycle. You just continue to do more harm, and more harm is done to you, right? So, mm -hmm. like, forgiveness is essential, and I think a lot of people can't do it. 
They can't do it because they don't understand what it is or what it's for. They think that what it is, is granting somebody a free pass. They think that what it is, is allowing Donald Trump to get away with something or allowing, you know, the child molester to get away with something and then not have any consequences beyond that. That's not the case. That's not how I view it anyway. And I don't think that's how it was intended to be. I don't think whenever, you know, Jesus was talking about it, that's what he intended to be. I don't know. I'm not in his head, but like, it doesn't seem right that you just forgive and forget. Right, right. This notion of forgive and forget. I mean, that that's a, that's a sort of a colloquial phrase. That's not really a part of, that's not really a part of Jesus's teachings of forgiveness. Like, Right. It's just sort of a quaint thing that we say, you know, or, or that we, we sort of take to be like folk wisdom. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, the the don't get me wrong. Like, I think I think that an ethic of forgiveness sort of properly conceived, at least one that wants to take Jesus seriously, is one that has in mind the flourishing of human beings in in, in all of creation and, and it's sort of in as fullness as as full as it can not in the sort of uh feeling better thing so like forgiveness has has this connotation sometimes where we're like somebody who does something wrong really just is trying to feel better and so like his pressures or forgiveness right like and that's right. that's what all of these these little feet you know these different structures are meant to to do in a lot of really toxic christianity we hear that every time there's a new scandal about a major megachurch pastor uh molesting another person there there comes the cry of forgiveness you know right and 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 who does that center in that moment well it centers the megachurch pastor the megachurch right. pastor feels very bad about being caught you know that's and <laughs> That's the bad part. He feels bad about being caught, not about exactly. doing, doing what he did. Exactly. If he if he felt bad about what he did, his his asking for forgiveness would come with real repentance, a fundamental change in 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 his orient his orientation towards the church, to this person, and to the world, and and would be asking questions like, "What must I do, you know, in order to make this right between you and I?" Right. And and then we'll submit to that. You know, right. like, like I think I always, I always, I don't really think it's that complicated. Like, if if a mega church, if I do something bad as a pastor, the the answer is a, you know, I, I pay the consequences based on what the judgment comes down to from, you know, the the, the conference. But but b, it, a proper properly, what I need to do then is to essentially just say. What must I do? And the answer might be, you must resign. And then, and then, so I resign. You know, <laughs> like, right. like that's it. But, but here's the here's the here's the question though: Are you resigning to avoid some sort of punishment or repercussion, or are you resigning because you truly feel guilty about what you did? What I'm getting at is, it, it's it's not really about the 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 victim doer. It's not really about the oppressor. Like it's not right for you to ask for forgiveness in my in my view. Or, or it doesn't make sense for you. You may want somebody's forgiveness, but it's really about the the victim, the person that was wronged. Right. To, it, it's up to them to do the forgiving. And I don't think that commandment is the right uh, the, the right word for it. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with 
not being over something that happened to you. I don't think there's anything there's there's certain certain circumstances that I don't necessarily think um, you you ever could get over. But so like, where do you come down on the idea of of vengeance or punishment? when it relates to forgiveness and why, why I say that is we just had the, uh, the three officers that, that were involved in the George Floyd murder um, that were standing around while Derek Chauvin killed him. Um, they just got sentenced for uh, manslaughter and dereliction of duty and a bunch of other things. Now I think about, okay, if those guys came into my prison, if those guys came into my, jail how would i how would i treat them i would say up front i forgive you for what you did but there are consequences for what you did and we're going to carry those consequences out sure. right we're now while you're here i'm going to make sure you're fed i'm going to make sure you're safe i'm going to make sure that you have access to the courts just like all of your rights are afforded to you i'm not going to dwell on the the act that you committed but that you committed that act carries certain consequences and those consequences are 20 years in prison or whatever it is. So you're going to do that. And I'm not going to feel bad about you doing the time or, or suffering the punishment for the thing you did. I'm just not going to dwell on the thing you did. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. So, so I'm able to separate my forgiveness from, from my vengeance or my, for my want of justice, they're two different things that don't necessarily have to mix, right? I can forgive somebody and still carry out their and meet out their punishment because that's the system. Do you understand? Like, yeah, yeah. you, you know, that if you commit a crime or you did something wrong, that there's consequences for that. And I, I will make sure in, in my role that you will face those consequences. Does that make sense? It does. I'm gonna I'm gonna write down kind of where we are, and I'm gonna pause <laughs> the recording, okay. and then I'm gonna put Adria to bed, and then I'm gonna come back. Are you good cool. to do that? Absolutely. All right. So, yeah. talking about uh, forgiveness in the system, punishment and vengeance. <laughs> punishment and vengeance. Because I'm all about vengeance too, baby. <laughs> I, I know you are. Um, let me say this quick thing before I pause. Um, yeah. So I'm in this evil and suffering class, and we just read another uh, really, really awful uh, Holocaust uh, narrative, you know, somebody right. writing about surviving the Holocaust. And uh, this guy, he's an Italian Jew um, who's in Auschwitz. And this guy was like, listen, um, uh, if I have to hear uh, one more do-gooder liberal telling me I need to forgive and move on i'm going to go on a killing rampage in all of europe <laughs> right, like, right. like i can't even imagine why how a, a, a more appropriate emotion than anger and resentment right <laughs> in in light of being tossed into a concentration camp where, where right. i watched the murder of babies and, and you see for, and, and, you know, for that individual like yeah i'm fine with that like you're not there yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, like, you... Take your time with it. Like maybe you'll never get there. That's fine. Sure. But... <laughs> sure. No, I, it's just something that, that what you, your comment made me think of. All right. I'm going to pause the recording and I, I should, I should be done in just a few minutes. So should, hey, should take we go your to time, buddy. Soon?
All right. Be back soon.